Welcome to another free first hour episode of the Higher Side Chats. I know we want to get into the action, but I have to ask that you help me armor us up a bit for the bumpy road ahead. Because I bring you the first hour of this show without unrelated ad nonsense as a proof of concept. And if you value it, then come over to THC Plus for the $8 a month and hear the full two-hour interviews as they were designed to be and as you would enjoy them most. Go to thehiresidechats.com or just click the link in the show notes to get started and within a minute you'll be plugging in your new Plus Show RSS feed into a hopefully decentralized podcasting 2.0 supported app. Feed the things you want to grow and starve the things that gotta go and we will reach the promised land. Think about that and enjoy the show. In the 1930s, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt addressed the nation through a series of radio broadcasts known as the Fireside Chats. His aim was to reassure the common man that our society would recover from its troubled times. Well, we're far from 1930, and I deal with a different kind of fire. For a new era of worldly frustration, we offer a fresh conversation. I'm Greg Carlwood, and these are the Higher Side Chats. This is the way, Higher Side Chatters, doing what we do from sunny San Diego. I'm Greg Carlwood, and I'm sure I'm not alone in hoping that 2022 offers us a much-needed change from the dominant themes of the last two years. Constant COVID coverage, totalitarian mandates, supply chain fears, inflation, deep divisions between friends and family, aggressive censorship, difficult jab or job decision-making, restricted travel, and in some so-called civilized places in this world, Forced stays at your local not-so-five-star quarantine camp. Well, I hope we're savvy and creative enough to have found some joy in 2021, but I understand if you say it wasn't easy. And as we kick off another year on this island Earth, it's become a bit of a tradition to take in an astrological forecast so we can make the best use of whatever energy we got left in the tank, understand the timing, and anticipate the challenges. So we go to the mystics, or more specifically, the modern age mage of Philly and one of my favorite space weathermen, the great Ross Ben. Because he reads the cosmic clock and subtle signs from Star Nation like no other. Today marks the sixth time we have done the dance on THC, and when we weren't talking about the astrological conditions from previous years, we were breaking down some of his great books like Rocks of Ages, Great Mystery Philadelphia, Free Your Mound and Your Mind Will Follow, and 5G Wellness 101. I think we all appreciate any insight we can get as we try to deal with a potent, ancient, esoteric, and covert control structure and just how they happen to manipulate the energetic infrastructure of this material plane. So today that means an examination of the 12-month road ahead, how we can orient ourselves best, and we'll take a dive into the indigenous insight covered in his great new book, Knowledge of the Nomo, the Dogon Decoded. It's a pleasure, as always, offering inoculation from astral ignorance, helping us to not have to take that L. The healer, the feeler, and the great revealer, Ross Ben, my man, welcome back to THC. Mm, Thank you. Thank you, good brother. The honor to be with the higher side community. (laughs) Uh, Man, I'm psyched to talk to you again. I love kicking off a new year this way, and... There were quite a few insights in your 2022 forecast from the winter solstice celebration at the One Art Community Center, but in general, I'm curious how you're doing. I mean, 2021 was one hell of a ride, pretty much a full court press of the hocus pocus agenda, as you put it. 
But how was 2021 overall for you? How are you holding up? I'm here, man. 2021 wasn't easy for me, I'll be honest, you know. Mm. But I'm thankful. I learned a lot and I'm excited about 2022. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I will say, I guess you have a call in message system that the higher side chat community can communicate with one another. Yeah, there's a voicemail system on the website, and then I build bonus shows for the subscribers out of the messages that I get. Yeah, someone left a voicemail giving thanks for a reading that they received from me Mm -hmm. that sparked an amazing response. Really? Of readings, yeah. Wow. It was a blessing and a challenge because... I did experience, you know, what you say, blowing up on the internet and kind of getting almost more business than you can handle because I did have a lot of ones in the queue longer than, you know, what I say on my site because I never anticipated having, you know, 50 plus people in the queue at one time. (laughs) Oh, damn. Well, that's great to hear. Yeah, I want to thank the community who did partake in that. And yeah, man, TAC community has kept me busy in 2021, (laughs) I tell you that. (laughs) Yeah, you and me both. I am no stranger to feeling a little overwhelmed with what, you know, I've built on the internet, just like you were saying. It's like we build this kind of infrastructure to be independent. We use the internet and then like, it gets too big for one person to handle sometimes. And uh, that's a, a good problem to have, but it is sometimes exhausting for sure. Yes. So I would say more than anything, man, That's that was the keynote of 2021 for me. Just really on a grind, just keeping up, mm-hmm. you know, that was how this year felt for me. Well, It is nice to be busy because there's a lot of stuff going on out there in the world and you can kind of tune some of it out and pretend it's not really real if you just dive into your thing and and stay busy. So it's probably not so bad. No, I'm thankful. Yes, I'm always reminded when I talk to you to be more thankful. A beautiful thing. But yes, I wanted to maybe start by at least mentioning your reading of 2021 Try not to say forecast, because as you know, we're not so much forecasting the way that the big machine is doing it. But 2021, the year of the jab, one might say. The two big themes you sussed out were that Big Brother would become Big Daddy. Well, check that box. And the impersonal controls would become personal. And I would definitely check that box, too. A lot of the time decrees from the big machine are kind of sweeping and general. But in 2021, they hit us hard and they hit each person differently. They had to figure out how to navigate. You know, how is your job reacting? How is your family reacting? It made the situation quite different for everyone, quite personal. So those were pretty accurate themes, wouldn't you say? I would think so, yes. And the big signs in the sky that pointed to that was Jupiter and Saturn having their great conjunction at zero degrees Aquarius. I know a lot of people are excited about this idea of this coming Aquarian age. 
But the reality is, is that every sign has a shadow. And Aquarius is about how we fit into the social order. Are we going to be a, a worker bee or a worker ant and just blindly and obedient follow the order? Are we going to be a worker bee or a worker ant and just obediently follow the system? We're in sync with the line dancing, you know? Or are we going to be doing our own dance in the middle of the line dance and disrupt the order because we think it's corny? That's what the Aquarian part of us rules. How are we going to fit in? And conversely, if you assign astrological rulership to things outside of ourself, Aquarius rules society and the social order, the community we live in. How do we fit in? Government, politics, economics, how all those things that we have to deal with on some level, how are we going to relate to it? That's Aquarius. So when economics, politics, government, when you start feeling their impact, that's Aquarius being activated in you. And the shadow of that is impersonal controls, Mm. where just part of the social order part of the community. If you want to get down, you got to get down. You know, you have to obey or do something that's going to, if you don't do it, if you don't choose to do it willingly, you're not going to be a viable part of the social order of the community. Mm. Prior to 2021, my biggest example of that was the cell phone. Because even though it gives you cancer, you self-spy on yourself, you know, it dumbs you down. It's all these problems with the cell phone, right? Yeah. But no one came and said, Greg, you got to get a cell phone. We comply. We willingly do it because the reality is it would be very difficult, not impossible. But if you live in an urban environment and you're running your own business, you have family and friends to stay connected with, yeah, having a cell phone makes it much easier in today's reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've thought the same thing, man. And uh, it's kind of funny because if you ask people the hypothetical question of how bad Does the cell phone need to get before you say, okay, enough's enough? Because like you said, it spies on you. It manipulates your pleasure centers and social media. It heightens your anger when you start reading comments of things. And of course, it does have negative health effects. So add that all up and it's like, that's still not enough. Well, it's like, okay, so where is the line for you if you've ever even thought about it? Where would it be? That's kind of an interesting question because it seems like there almost is no line. You know, if it takes 10 years off your life, are you okay with it? What if it takes 20 years off your life? Wow. What if the quality of life is 30% reduced? 15 is okay. What about 30? You know, it starts to get weird, but those are things we should think about. Absolutely. 
And so that's the challenge with impersonal controls. It's not someone wagging their finger saying you have to do it, but to just be a part of the social order. But now we see what 2021 rolled out. Like you say, the hocus pocus, it's a whole nother level of impersonal control now that, yeah, you got to take a personal. The cell phone, you don't have bad feelings about the cell phone. You don't take a personal like, oh, I got to have this thing. Well, I do on levels, but the average person doesn't. The hocus pocus, man, it's, it's hitting us hard. It is. And I like that phrase you said, if you want to get down, you got to get down and kneel. You know, that's just such a such a poetic statement and so true. And as for the reading of 2022, you titled it A Glimpse of Grace. And the focus was heavily on Jupiter and Neptune in Pisces. You note that we did see that configuration briefly in May of 2021. Did anything happen that felt like a match for that grace as an example of what we might experience more fully in 2022? That's a great question, man. That's one I got to do more research on because, right, that came up as my own reflection when I was preparing the presentation. And the thing that popped to my mind as the strongest possibility, and I'm going to definitely start my research at this point, was the release of Robert Kennedy's book, whose interview I heard on TAC. And I want to say, man, you was rocking it this year, bro. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks. Your lineup this year, particularly the ones that stood out to me, was Robert Kennedy and the guy who decoded the Astral World event. I'm sorry I don't recall his name. Oh, it could be Isaac Weissop or it could be Chris Knowles. I think that was him, Isaac Weissop. Yes. Man, because, you know, there was a lot of chatter about that. Right. And I didn't really resonate with anything else that I heard other than Isaac's it was powerful. Damn. So, you, yeah, you really came strong this year. Well, I'm lucky there are just so many great researchers and mystics out there that I can interview because I really just ask the questions and you guys are the ones out there doing the serious heavy lifting. I hear you. Do you know when Kennedy published that book? Well, I was actually going to say this because I heard you mention that as the possibility and really there was a very long process of that book being made, but May was when it was announced and they started the push. May. And that's when I contacted or I, I contacted his son. Cause we've talked before and I was like, Hey man, do you think there's a possibility I could get your dad on to talk about this book? And he was cool enough to make it happen, but the book didn't actually come out until December. Wow. And that's also interesting, right? Because December is when, this new configuration really started. And since that time, since the book came out, it's been the number one book uh. all through December. His media blitz has been really effective, I think. And even just yesterday, because of course we're talking about, you know, not so much May of last year, but that, that grace configuration is the same as what's happening now in a bigger uh, degree to a bigger degree. Yeah. And 
Just yesterday, after months of really aggressive talk, Biden said there is no federal solution to COVID. And that sounds like he's acquiescing quite a bit and not something I would have expected to hear. It sounds like that's that grace. Yes. Well, yeah, we should expect some grace this year. Expect things to the X factor. Pisces is the X factor, the unknown, the uncalculable, how the infinite possibilities of the omniverse impact our life. And so AI can't calculate the incalculable. And there's some things in their plan that they haven't factored properly. Those are what those unfactored incalculables that they didn't think about. That's what's going to be highlighted and active in 2022. Nice, nice. That's great to hear. And I see signs of that too, because it really feels like the people making the decisions are these people that are like 80 years old and they know what they want to do and they think the technology is ready for it, but it doesn't seem quite ready. If it was, they'd have a central bank digital currency already. If it was, then... The jab probably would have gone better because it's not going so well with the booster. And a lot of people I know who took the first two aren't taking the third. And it's weird messaging to say all the unvaccinated people need to get vaccinated because it works. And all the vaccinated people need to get the third one because it, it doesn't works. work. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, those uncalculables are already starting to happen. And I think maybe the, the programming is going to break down because the technology is not quite ready for what they had planned. I don't think the, the digital passports and stuff, the blockchain biometrics, it's just barely getting started. And I think that like a lot of the Silicon Valley loyalists had to go to their masters and be like, Hey boss, I'm sorry. It's just not quite ready. I know you've been talking a strong game, but we're scrambling here, but you know, this might be where we get the big crash, you know, that it just, it just can't happen. Yes. And like I did mention in that 2022 forecast, after hearing your interview of Robert Kennedy, I just felt like this is going to be a part of that grace in 2022. And to hear that they did do something in May, right? Even if it wasn't released, it was what announced and promoted. Yeah, it was kicked off for sure. To me, that affirms it. 2022, that book is going to have a strong influence on personal opinion and public opinion about what's going on because he's not a Trump Republican. Right. You can't label this uh, partisan politics, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, man. He's just holding the tradition of his family, in my opinion. So I think the more ones become aware of the real Dr. Fauci, things are going to change. I'm with you. I'm hoping so. And 
to elaborate on the qualities of Jupiter and Neptune in Pisces, because this goes from December right now through May, so a big chunk of the year. You say that it might bring personal atonement and bloodline redemption, full circle karma and instant karma, divine intervention, angelic intervention, revelations revealed and prophecy revealed, spiritual awakening, spiritual warfare, dreams manifesting and disillusions dissipating. And that's a lot, but these are kind of the the big themes, right, that we could see. Yeah, those are all Pisces-themed issues in our life. Pisces is the 12th sign, final sign. It's your soul full circle from when you started your first incarnations in those early signs of Aries and Taurus and Gemini, all the mistakes, entanglements you gonna make in this earth realm, Pisces is where you seal it up. And when Pisces is active, these seal ups, they happen on a personal level, but then you also see it played out on grander scales. And the fact that both rulers of Pisces, Jupiter and Neptune, are here. This is gonna be a year they're both in Pisces. Yeah, man, we're gonna see a lot of karmic dynamics, both personal, but then national, ethnic group, all levels karmic dynamics are going to be sealing up. Mm. So this alignment has only occurred two times since 1619, when we could say this dispensation of a quote-unquote America started. Once was in 1690, the other was in 1856. So the fact that this third alignment that has the themes that you just mentioned happening on what we would say the 400th and second year of this dispensation 403rd year like very close to that 400 year mark mm-hmm. yeah i think it's very significant we're going to see a lot 2022 we're going to see a lot of what i guess you would only be able to say is mystical prophetic events occurring, you know? Events where it's going to be like, damn, call Ross Ben. We Who else can explain this, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but there's many mystics. Call Mike Wan. Yeah. He might can explain it, but damn, we, we don't know. <laughs> you know, it's going to be one of those years. For sure. And you said in that presentation that this is the third and final time for it in this America infrastructure. And that's a heavy statement. What does the crumbling of this empire look like to you? How long does it take? What comes after? Well, no, I was saying the final within that 400-year dispensation. Ah, okay. I got scared there. Oh, no, no. But, you know, 400 years, nations usually do rise and fall in 400-year cycles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, particularly if you look at Rome, it crashed in 476 AD. 
was resurrected again in 800 and then expanded greatly at 1200, expanded again greater over here in the West at 1600 AD. So we do see nations rise and fall on 400 year cycles generally, but I don't know if I see like I'm going to say, yeah, quote unquote, America is going to fall in 2022, you know? I don't know what these next 400 years, like it's hard to see where this 400 year cycle is going. We might be able to say, we might have more answers and more to say after 2022 though. Mm. I will say that, like that's gonna be the type of year it's gonna be. where We're gonna see the fate of a lot of things unfold. Pisces is the ultimate fate, ultimate destiny. Interesting. Right on. Well, so we know this window of opportunity is happening between now and May, and it's very strong. How do we best take advantage of it on an individual level? What practices and things should we be doing to receive the most blessings in this particular window of time? There is a lot. Okay. First and most important would be activate the themes that I talk about often, which is atonement and redemption. Okay. Redemption is basically balancing the scales for your bloodline, whatever that might mean. And it might be receiving blessings for the sacrifice and the loving sharing your family has been given out for generations. But it might be the opposite, where if you know there's a certain legacy that is like, wow, when you look back on it, it's a legacy you don't want to talk about. It's a legacy that brings shame or guilt or whatever. You got to balance that out mm. in whatever way that may mean. That's like redemption, atonement, okay? Balancing those scales. The more you're doing something like that in 2022, the more productive the works. You'll see the fruits of those works, like not long-term generations down the line. No, you'll see it right in the here and now. So those are going to be active themes. And yeah, get on that frequency. That's one thing I would say. But also the timing, the way Jupiter is moving. Jupiter is flying right now. Today is the first day it moves into Pisces, I think that's kind of synchronistic that yeah. we're linking up the first day. So that's good timing. That's true. But by May, it's going to already be in Aries. Okay. May or June, but you only really have the first half of the year to catch this energy. And that's why we named the year Glimpse of Grace instead of just 
year of grace because of the speed in which Jupiter is going to move through Pisces. So you want to be on your Jupiterian frequency those first five months of the year. Physically, that means adorning yourself with purple inside and out. You want to eat purple foods, that butterfly pea tea and sorrel tea, keep it in rotation, blueberries, blackberries, anything that's got a purple frequency, internalize it. Wearing purple, okay, that's going to tune you in to Jupiter. But then Jupiterian acts, being jovial. Jove means Jupiter. So having a giving, happy, jovial disposition, it's a little thing that's going to go a, a long way. Gratitude, which we talked about. All the magic, magnetic emotions. Gratitude, love, excitement. You want to stay on that frequency. You don't want to be Saturnian. You don't want to be melancholy and bluesy and have your frequency low and heavy. You want your frequency light and high. Okay? Giving. Jupiter represents everything that comes to us without any effort on our part. And that's in contrast to Saturn, which represents everything that comes to us, but through our own sweat and toil. So if we want to be Jupiterian, we want to be giving. And the omniverse is going to be very responsive with Jupiter in Pisces. So like if you're giving, Omniverse is going to mirror that back to you and you'll probably receive 12-fold in what you shared. <laughs> okay? So definitely those first five months of the year, as much as possible, be on a Jupiterian frequency. Study Jupiter and all of the themes that it rules in your life and activate them. You also said in that presentation that sunrise meditations are going to be key and that on March 5th, a day I marked on the calendar, Jupiter conjuncts the sun. So when you look at the sun, Jupiter is going to be right there and that is a power day. So make sure you mark it down and use it, people. Yeah, what day was that? March 5th, I think? Yes. Yes, March 5th. Jupiter will be right aligned with the sun. And in that five-month period, Jupiter is going to have about six activations, actually. And I would just say you can go to my Rossbin 188 site to get all those details. Mm -hmm. But March 5th, definitely, the Jupiter and sun alignment. And yes, the sunrise meditation, Pisces is the 12th house, which is the house of the rising sun. It's the house that's like the first 30 degrees above the eastern horizon. So where the sun is for about two hours after it rises. 
That's the 12th house. And when the sun is in the 12th house, that is one of the most opportune times to get in touch with your Piscean self. Whether you're Pisces or not, everybody's got Pisces in them. It's just, you know, sometimes a planet might activate it or no, mm-hmm. right? So I am a Pisces. I have four planets in Pisces. But just because someone else might say, well, I'm not a Pisces, but you still have Pisces as a part of you. Pisces rules the subconscious or superconscious, whatever you want to identify it as, superconscious mind. The mind of ours that is a part of the collective mind or the collective conscious, you know, what Carl Jung would refer to as, you know, the source of common symbolic meaning and dream, imaginary worlds that are part of ourself that inform who we are. That's our Pisces self. And the ideal time to get in touch with that time is before we've been looking at the cell phone for 90 minutes and arguing on the phone because of something at the job. No, you've risen up out of the dream world. And while your mind is its quietest and stillest, the least amount of monkey chatter being created, getting involved in this world, that sunrise quiet time is going to be so important because there's information that we will need in 2022 that, right, I can't tell you, this Piscean self is going to have to inform us. We have to inform ourselves with activating this Piscean part of us. And that sunrise meditation, critically important. Right on. And uh, another important period of time that you mentioned is when Jupiter is conjunct Neptune at 23 degrees Pisces. That's going to be the middle of April. And of course, these aren't like one day and then it's done. So it's like a window of time. You kind of say it's from April 5th-ish to the 21st-ish. So like, you know, the 12th is going to be probably when it peaks. And you say that in terms of open portals, I mean, this is the portal of portals right here in terms of manifesting. And, you know, when you say portal of portals, I'm going to highlight that because if people need some abundance, it seems like that's a window of time to ask for it, to seek it out humbly, of course, and hope that it comes back to you. Yes, it is the portal of portals for you to visualize and affirm the reality you want. And I would say in that month of April, do not scare to dream big. Sometimes we want to dream big, but we'll think, oh, I'm not worthy of that, or oh, I can't make that ha- make that happen. You got to cancel all thoughts like that in April. And just put your biggest dream 
out to the omniverse. Nice. That's what I would say. Because Neptune is the planet of the infinite. No boundary, no limit. Neptune is the planet that rules our potential to connect with anything outside of ourselves through resonance. It's like the radio within us that we could dial up whatever station we need. So Neptune and Jupiter in Pisces, dream big, vision big. Now, the question will come, how grounded is our vision or are we in a deluded state about something? A lot of times, what I say is delusion. Sometimes we're not honest with ourselves about certain realities, right? When you're operating out of that, you're kind of in a delusion, you know? It's, you're not perceiving reality as it is because of these self-imposed falsehoods or self-imposed lies, right? April will sift through well-grounded visions versus delusion. Very important. That would be great food for your morning meditations, getting the truth and clarity within yourself. So when April comes, your big dreams will be grounded and rooted in reality enough that they'll manifest. That's awesome. And you also say it's very important to remember that we can't be saying negative things and having negative thoughts in this period either because that can manifest just as easily. So you got to have control over your thoughts and make sure you're doing it with intention and thinking good positive things that you want to manifest. All the mystics and esoteric people we have around here say that the outer world is a reflection of your inner world, and this is a window where it will be most potent and very important to pay attention to. So that's a beautiful thing to have the opportunity. Don't squander it. Absolutely. I also wanted to bring this up because when it comes to money, you said to anticipate a big change because we can look back to that 1690 year and you talk about a lot of things that happened then, but one of them is... You see paper money going international, a big level change in the world of finance and banking. And that possibly could coincide with crypto because that's another level change. And you said you expect crypto to be big in 2022. And I agree with that statement that you say where it's if you put your paper in the right coins, you can seriously change your reality, but be careful not to get chained to that block. And it's just very well said because it is a double-edged sword. It's a weapon they plan on using against us for the rollout of their big agenda, but it is also a time of 100x gains for some people who are hip to it. So I think that's probably important. I guess speak to that a little bit. How would you advise people to think about this kind of thing in the next year? Yes. As you said, 1690, paper money was first used in like international trading and 
commerce amongst nations. And it was first printed here in the colonies in Massachusetts in 1690s. Also the Barclays, international banking, what? Barclays is more than a bank. It's, you know, like a system for financial exchange, you know? All that jumped off 1690. So I really do see the way the coin-based technologies are, are burgeoning. I would imagine 2022, the institutionalization of the use of coinage is going to increase greatly, which is thus going to have more people putting their money in the coin, which says, hey, if you got the right coin at the right time, 2022 will probably be a game changer for your financial reality, you know? I can definitely see that happening for a lot of people, like it really catching on on a mass level much more than it is now. If we look at, right, you look at paper money starting to be used in 1690, and right, it's on the wane now, but look how big that currency grew. It might be a year for crypto opportunities as much as a year for Federal Reserve digital currency. It might be the year that we get something like that, but you know, don't let that get you down. Just get involved in the decentralized altruistic projects that might have those huge, huge gains. Yes, you did mention too. My concern is I don't want to be chained to the block, man. Right. You know, listening to that Robert Kennedy interview, I got a lot more insight into one of the potential challenges when, you know, he said, hey, man, that's programmable money. Yeah. They don't want you to fly. They can just program your coins to not work with airlines. They want to keep you in a certain community, only make your money work there. That thought is, and I mean, I know that's not the playing field now, right? You got your own wallet. and Wherever coins are accepted, hey, you can just exchange freely. But yeah, I don't want to be in that reality. So what I would say is, if you do change your financial reality through those coins in 2022, cash out 2023, put it in some land, put it in other assets. Yeah. I think that's good advice. And kind of on this subject of the elite's plans and how they might use these energies, I know you have a keen eye for how the big cabal typically operates and makes their moves in alignment with the space weather. I'm curious, as you're looking at the year, what do you think would be the challenges that we would see coming from the big machine on top of possibly the crypto rollout are there periods of time that look like advantageous for the controllers that we should just brace for or particular themes of types of control they might roll out? 
Well, I'll say this, that metaverse, they timed that thing proper. <laughs> they did because Neptune is like, you know, fantasy world, our imagination, that part of our mind that visualizes and sees things inside of our head. And to create an immersive technology that they're going to roll out with this Jupiter-Neptune Pisces cycle, I think that metaverse is going to blow up in 2022. And yeah, like I said, every sign and everything has a shadow. And why I would categorize that as a shadow is because you're not using your own imagination with that immersive technology. It's some programmed imagery being downloaded into your mind, you know? So I wouldn't mess with the metaverse in 2022. Now, I am a part of, I hope I can share this. Of course you can. And we're still in the first hour, so most people will hear it. I think I saw you post about this. Looks like an interesting event, but let them have it. Yeah, February 2nd. 2022, I'm going to be a part of the Crystal Crypto Convergence, where people that are thinking about this, just like we are, are going to come together and talk about how we can create currency, wealth, and abundance, converging crystals, sacred stones with NFTs and the crypto world. So I'm excited to learn. You know, I might have a different perspective on meta and NFTs and all of that after February 2nd. But as it is right now, I'm leery of that. Yeah, and you should be. I'm having enough time keeping up with the real world. <laughs> Why do I want to create a whole nother world I got to keep up with? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like another social media profile on steroids because it's a whole universe. Yes. But they timed it right though. Yeah, timed it for success for sure. And so when you think about the astral analysis of 2020, 2021, and 2022, this whole like period of time, even things like in the next decade, which years, maybe you haven't examined everything, but are there particular periods that look the most grim? I guess what I'm asking is, have we reached peak hocus pocus yet? Or do you think it's still ramping up? Will that be, uh, you know, more of a three or four year problem we're dealing with? Or is it on the decline? Great question. Well, if we want to say what planetary movements has created this specter of a dystopia, it would be Pluto and Capricorn. Pluto's transit through Capricorn, which has been going on for about the past 13, 14 years. And Capricorn is the man. Capricorn is those in power, those in charge, government, okay? Not, I'm gonna be a little clearer. 
because really there's two leaders, two signs of leadership. Leo, which is like the visible upfront leader, and then Capricorn, which is the man in the three-piece suit, pushing the buttons and signing documents that rule the destiny of millions. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. One of the biggest ways we've seen the Pluto and Capricorn transit unfold is the corporatization of governance. And this oligarchy, Plutarch-driven control. The thing is, though, Capricorn and the following sign, Aquarius, they are both ruled by Saturn. They are both limiting, constricting signs. And right, we mentioned that Jupiter and Saturn started 2021 at like zero degrees Aquarius. And we see these impersonal controls have really expanded. What's going to happen in 2024 when Pluto moves into Aquarius? That's going to be an important question, man. We're going to have to have worked through a lot of these Aquarian shadows of impersonal controls before Pluto gets to Aquarius. If not, man, I think it's just going to be just the beginning. Because when Pluto goes into Aquarius, that means impersonal controls have a lot of power in our lives. Pluto is it's the smallest planet that has the biggest influence. Pluto is like homeopathy, where if you get the smallest essence of something, it can have the most impact on a system. That's how Pluto comes. So when Pluto gets into Aquarius, the impersonal controls of society might be much more powerful than they are now. Mm. So we will have to process some of these shadows. That's another reason why I think 2022 is so important that we make the most of this glimpse of grace because this is a pivotal year. If that divine intervention is not clearly visible to everyone at the end of 2022, like, oh, yeah, man, this thing is ramping down. I'm not sure what 2023 and 2024 may hold. So people should be prepared for the screws to be tight for a while. Don't be too anxious to see the end of the game. Well, the future's going to be what we make it. Let's do this shadow work. Right. So how do you advise? Like, what, what does that mean? And, exactly? and, and like one, pra like you say, well, what does that mean, Ross Ben? Yeah. One practical <laughs> way. Who is going to be able to give up their cell phone in 2022? Ah. That's some shadow work or get a relationship with your cell phone such that it's not on your hip every day, all day. That's just one example, but it's one to really think about. How much shadow work would you have to do within yourself 
to be able to let that thing go. And to do that shadow work, do you just mean reflecting and meditating on our relationship with it? Like, is there anything more to say about what it means to do that shadow work? Well, that's the first step, but then we got to act on it. Yeah. It's not just shadow meditating. <laughs> it's shadow work, you know? Like, actually do it. Make it your intention and put momentum and motivation behind it and make it happen. Yeah, it will be interesting. I mean, you can read so many people saying on sites like Reddit, where they say, hey, I shut off my phone for two weeks and I was never happier. You know, no one ever says, I got off Facebook, I got off Instagram, I shut my phone down for a month and I came back and I was so upset over everything I missed. You don't hear a lot of that. It's always a positive thing when people do at least take a break. Yes. And that might even be, you know, small steps. Yeah. Work in breaks, you know, to get yourself used to it and make your breaks longer. Anything cold turkey is cold turkey, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed. And all right, man, as we're getting into this second hour, you were kind enough to send me your new book, Knowledge of the Nomo, The Dogon Decoded. I really liked it. Towards the end of it, you say... The relevance of this work in 2021 cannot be understated and should be seen as the fruits of the Dogon elders' intention in revealing their sacred wisdom. And the more I think about that, it's like it is very cool that we can hear and amplify knowledge coming from a long line of indigenous wisdom in the Sahara to the ears of people listening right now, people who will never have access to go to the Sahara and have that conversation. You know, you're amplifying this kind of off-limits knowledge. Like it's it's obviously through the technology we're able to hear about it, but it's kind of cool that we get that opportunity to hear from a group of people that is kind of off the radar in a lot of ways. And they've got a lot of things to share. But as you say, this time is is very important. Why do you think uh, this wisdom is so relevant in our specific time? Well, I'll just give a little background on the Dogon, where they caught the science, like anthropological, archaeological, cosmological community. They caught their attention in 1965 when they shared their, basically their entire cosmology with two anthropologists, uh, Griel and Ditterlian, and revealed to them that, hey, the star Sirius, it has two companion stars. One is a dark star. They have a 50-year orbit. They just gave great detail to the nature of the Sirius star system. And in the 70s, it was all confirmed when scientists used the Chandra X-ray telescope to study the Sirius star system. So, yeah, it got international attention. But it also brought up a lot of the 
I guess for lack of a better word, racial stereotypical assumptions that often drive this research. Because then the question became, how did they find this out? Because they don't have modern technology. And researchers would propose that Greek Argonauts told them or just, you know, discrediting the Dogon themselves as saying like these African Bushmen couldn't be the legitimate keepers of this knowledge. They had to get it from somewhere else. And it was these assumptions that were preventing them from really understanding that the cosmology that the Dogon shared in 1965, it wasn't just detailing the Sirius star system. It really explains the nature of our entire galaxy and where our solar system is within the galaxy, why we have a what appears to be a single star solar system, and yeah, the nature of our reality. It explains almost macrocosmic scale to microcosmic scale. The Dogon breakdown, the periodic table, so much. But the thing is, you have to be able to decode the symbols. You have to be able to decode their knowledge and decode the information. That means first thing you have to recognize it as a a valid cosmology, right? Don't dismiss it. Don't say some Greek Argonauts came and told them Sirius has two stars. No, study the whole cosmology and look at Sirius as just a part of the whole and be able to look at the symbols and the story that they're telling and apply that on a cosmic scale. Use your astronomical, astrophysical science and correspond it. And if you do that, you're going to learn a lot more about the cosmos that you live in. And why do we say that? Because, right, the Dogon knew about something that you didn't. When they told you, they were like, yeah, Sirius has companions. There's a dark star up there, Sirius, what, you know, science now calls Sirius B. So, you know, eliminate the ethnocentric assumptions. Look at your own astronomical, astrophysical sciences and see if you can correspond to the symbols and cosmological story that the Dogon tell. And so, in my opinion, I am one of the first who have been able to do that on a comprehensive level, and that's what knowledge of the Nomo is. And this is very important. Once astrophysicists and astronomers recognize, like, wow, this is the deepest explanation of the cosmos 
we can probably get from the past and it's right here in our hands and start looking at the cosmos from the Dogon perspective, yeah, I think it's going to be transformative. It's going to take cosmology, the study of the cosmos. It's going to take astrophysics and astronomy to the next level. Yes. Well, you certainly got the ball rolling for sure. And just as we're wrapping this thing up, to touch on the other things that you've got going on, you know, you do those shows with Michael Wan, Mystics from the 40th Parallel. I think you've got 12 episodes at this point. Those are great. Last time when we talked about free your mound and your mind will follow, I remember doing a little looking into San Diego. And sure enough, the invaders did build their missions on most of the peaks around the city. And San Diego seems captured energetically by the same template that you laid out in that book. And we talked about the idea of looking at other major cities and seeing how often that template applies. I guess just what else you got going on? What are the things, uh, the loose ends that you're tying up with some of these other threads of your research? Well, if I can, if it's in me, because book production does take a lot out of me. I'm, I'm observing that. I do want to decode Enoch, the book of Enoch. Damn. That's, if I'm able to get that out, I will decode the book of Enoch. I don't know what the title will be. I have a lot of the information. I just have, you know, again, it's how do you bring it into a cohesive unit? Mm -hmm. So once I knock more of these readings out and get on the other side of the crystal convergence, crystal crypto convergence in Tucson, yeah, if time will allow, 2022, the decoding of the Book of Enoch will be coming forth, you know? That would be great. I know you know it well. So yeah, it's just about putting the pieces together in a linear fashion that works well for a book. But that would be great. That would be a good application of your talents, I think. Um, but man, this has been a lot of fun as always. I guess, are there any final insights or advice from the star nation or mineral nation you're so plugged into any final messages that seem important for the year ahead man my daughter has really inspired me she lives in las vegas and she's just much more in tune to the star nation activity one because she can see it and you know it's just more of an awareness out where she is about it but man, her message about the star nations just saying that, yeah, they're ready to, I shouldn't even say that they're ready to assist. They are already assisting. They are doing so much. They are using their technologies to clean the air, to clean the water, things that you know, we're kind of taken for granted and not even fully aware of how much they are doing behind the scenes. And that we should know that and move with that. And 
yeah, she just gave me an inspiring message. It's hard for me to articulate right now because I'm still processing it myself, you know. She's out here for the holidays. Mm-hmm. So I would just say that, like, be aware that the Star Nations are active. They are doing their thing. Don't take it for granted. Yeah, as bad as things might seem, as aggressive as the agenda might be, and it seems all-encompassing, we do have unseen allies out there at a higher level. There you go. (laughs) Couldn't have said it better. (laughs) Nice. Well, it's always a pleasure, man. This is really great. Keep doing the awesome work you do. I'm lucky to know you, and eventually we will get to burn one down. Hey, we're gonna I'm gonna make it to San Diego, bro. You could trust me. We're gonna be uh burning them down. Yeah, let me know. Keep me posted. All right. Well, thank you again. Higher side chat community, one love, one heart, guidance, protection, blessings, good fortune in 2022. Yes. Cheers to all that. Have a good one, man. You as well. My friend and yours, the great Ross Ben, kicking off another go-around in the roller coaster of life. I dug it, and it also has become a bit of a habit to like doing an astrological look at the year ahead. And who better to be more on brand for us than Ross Ben? I mean, if astrology is ever going to be a part of THC, it should be at these yearly mile markers, right? I'm glad we had a bit of a positive message. We recorded this just after Christmas, just after we entered the Jupiter and Neptune in Pisces phase that is going to be going strong until May. And it was weird to see the pressure from the big machine let up on that day in a couple of different ways. I would put Biden saying that there is no federal solution to COVID in that box. I would put the CDC dropping its recommended quarantine time in half and saying that a test isn't required before you go back to work in that box. It is a mixed bag, though, because recently Fauci said something to the effect of we should stop using the term fully vaccinated and instead use the term keeping your vaccines up to date. As if, you know, this whole ploy was to roll out a never-ending string of hocus-pocus shenanigans. But things are crazy out there. The clampdown is happening in many different ways, in many different areas. I'm sure we're going to see examples of positive and negative things in the various microcosms out there. But the federal government and the CDC are pretty big players, so when you look at those signs and signals, maybe they should match the cosmos a little more aptly. But still, I really like the glimpse of grace theme, the positive tone, and the actionable advice that was weaved throughout this one. If you've struggled with meditation and intention, or even acting on the things that you know you should, well, the new year always brings an opportunity to jumpstart yourself again, and lucky for us, the stars are lining up for that too. It's also funny to talk a little bit about crypto popping off in 2022 while it's getting hit so hard right now. But 10% of all Bitcoin miners are in Kazakhstan, and they are in full-blown revolution, and the internet was shut off, and it's getting crazy. So there is a correlation between Bitcoin dips and large swaths of miners going offline, whether it's China or Kazakhstan. 
And there's a correlation between Bitcoin going down and everything else going down because people just freak out. But hey, buy that dip. We know it's what the big boys do. In terms of the THC structure, though, what never really sits well with me is when I have a guest who's here and the focus is going to be split between two topics and the first topic is the first hour and the second topic is the second hour. I much rather prefer to try and do 30 minutes, then jump to the other thing for 30 minutes, and then do that again in the second half. Just because I want everything in my intro to apply to both versions of the show, and in a case like today, we didn't really get into his book at all for the free listeners. But I assure you, his book, Knowledge of the Nomo, The Dogon Decoded, is a great read if you're interested in the subject. And it was fun to talk to him about it. If you do want to hear me talk to him about it, we are also kicking the year off with what I think will be a permanent thing, and that is a seven-day free trial of THC Plus for any new first-time subscribers who sign up. Most streaming sites do this, and it's always been in my mind, but I was kind of limited by infrastructure for a long time. And now I do have a small tech team who helps me with the website slash customer support. And I told them to make it a priority so we could kick the new year off with that as a staple. Obviously, I want to make a living, but I also want our great guests and their insights and knowledge to be heard. And now any guest could just tell their people, hey, if you're only in it for my episode, you can't access it for free. I might lose a few bucks doing that, but I'm confident enough to make the bet that people who check out a few other full episodes will stay members. I'm proud of what we do around here, and I think if someone puts in the effort to get the trial, they'll realize that they'd rather consume the full show on the regular. So that starts today with no end in sight. Get a free seven-day trial when you sign up and see what you think. But I really did like the second hour today. The Dogon clearly know about a lot more than Sirius B. They are the inheritors of the oldest, most complex Egyptian period. We know Egypt downgraded over time. It's what's so contradictory about the shit we're told about straight linear progress. We know it only makes sense for things to ebb and flow. But old dynasty Egypt is where the culture and the knowledge seems to be the richest and maybe... That's because star nation beings were coming and going. Who knows? But the Dogon left and settled where they settled, and they kept a lot of interesting cosmology and information with them. And it was great to hear about some of the aspects of that and his book that we did discuss in the second hour would be the Ogo, the Urugu, and the Yabin, and how they might correlate to the Pleiadians, Reptilians, and the Greys, the Ark of the Small Gourd, and Antarctica. Nibiru in the Dogon cosmology, the fact that the Nomo are here and helping, the Dogon story of the moon, that's a weird one. We got into Dogon magic and spirituality and how a Hogan gets their position in Dogon leadership. Lots of really cool stuff and I personally just feel privileged to know a little bit more about a unplugged society in a certain pocket of the world that I just wouldn't normally have access to. I wish I would have found a way to weave both topics into both versions of the show more evenly, but again, breaking up an astrological reading is weird. I know the book is really what would be best for him promotion-wise, so I don't love it, but hey, maybe you get a personal reading, 
You heard about the THC tsunami that came in with just a mention on a joint session, so, you know, we could do a lot here. I don't want to overwhelm him, but let's keep him on his craft. Bring him that Jupiterian abundance that he is so confident to expect. But now you have that seven-day free trial to take advantage of, too. And may this year bring you good things, despite the hocus-pocus. In higher side news, plus people should know that if you engage in the comments section, you can now tag timestamped spots from the episode in the same format as YouTube comments. We added a little format reminder above the episode ratings if you forget how to do that. And let's also take a look at the higher side meetups calendar. This weekend, the 8th and 9th, we got Portland, Maine, Joplin, Missouri, and Raleigh, North Carolina. I know I mentioned those last time, but it was a holiday, so they were the next things up on the calendar. But then the following weekend, we also have on the 14th and 15th, a second meetup in New York, New York. We have one going down in West Yorkshire in the United Kingdom at the Golden Lion. That's interesting. And then we have one in Fort Worth, Texas at the Maple Branch Craft Brewery. Come on down and make some new friends united by the strange world of THC. And if you don't have one near you, make one. The website is right there to guide you, and I am right here to get the word out. Also, if you have a cool story, experience, or insight, don't forget about the voicemail at thehiresidechats.com slash voicemail and leave me a message for the next joint session. And that's about it. Big thanks to Ross Ben, as always. I appreciate his wise words and his positive attitude, and it's a great way for us to kick off a new year. Also remember that the Higher Side Chats runs on word of mouth, not just for attracting new listeners, but I know there are plenty of you out there that actually have the ear of the very potential guests that don't answer my emails. So please let them know to just ignore our silly name and that I take my job as a host seriously and that our standing in the community is worth their time. The more you guys help me out with that part, the better shows I can make for you. It's getting a little crowded in podcast land, but cheers to another year together. We will overcome. Take care of you and yours, and thank Ben for his time if you get the chance. I've done my part. Your move, astrological timers of the big agenda, Dogon dismissers, and hocus pocus henchmen. Your fucking from space it was falling, its light started calling, it's making crop circles again. Just as I was looking up, it showed me all the hidden stuff, and now I'm all enlightened and zen. Waking up the masses is hard, silver ships are coming yard by yard. Now I'm not asleep, don't obey the elite, gotta be. Set me straight. I encourage you to go when you see the saucers glow. One by one, we'll all end up awake. Enlightening the masses is hard. Silver ships are coming yard by yard. Now we're not.
Now we start to wonder. Now we start to wonder. Now we start to wonder. 